If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Happy Monday. Or maybe it's a manic Monday. You pick whatever kind of Monday you want to go with. I'll tell you what, though. Losing to the Steelers and scoring three points may have ruined the game of football for me at least the rest of this year. Because I walked away from that Jaguars game. Well, listen, I wasn't optimistic to say they're going to win the football game. I think that the writing was on the wall there. But walking away from that game, there was nothing to cheer about. Um, I even had the, the you know the the controller to my wife and said, "Put on Cupcake Wars. I, I don't even care anymore. I'm done this year." Uh, it was that hard to watch um, as someone who covers the team, and I can't imagine if you're actually at that game the kind of suffering you're going through. Hey, Brent, hey, there you are, man. Hey, just working on a little business. Oh, I'm sure. She's probably trying to make you money. Mm. Hey, do, do what you got to do. Yeah, just doing that. But you guys flip on the lights once in a while, you know? That's all right, man. I mean, it's a, it's it a dark is a, day in Jacksonville. It's a very dark day in Jacksonville, and I like the lights off. Yeah, it was the greatest day of the year. Why is that? Here we go again. Was it was it an entertaining game? No, we did not get the E. Okay. Uh, so then what did we get? We got uh, Washington and Dallas winning. Oh, so are we going to get Justin Fields? Because did you watch how he played? Oh, you're going to take one play. One, guy can't have a bad day. Mm, you can't have three interceptions against Indiana. Indiana's top ten team. Why don't anybody want to give anybody Indiana, Indiana a top ten team in what? In, in, in NCAA? Okay. Oh, so if Wisconsin was top ten, it would be okay, even though did they I go to say, Northwestern. Did and, I say Wisconsin was going to win this season? No. Uh, what did I say? I said Wisconsin, I think, right now is overrated because they haven't played anybody yet. Don't try to throw the Wisconsin thing in my face and say, like, oh, I didn't call that was going to happen. I'm not mad about the Wisconsin game at all. I knew that was going to happen. No, but you say Indiana can't be a top ten team because they're Indiana. But no, it's not what I like said. A top ten team. I mean, they've beaten. They've they've played good. Well, I don't know. They play good teams, but they've beaten big name teams, and they hung around with Ohio State. Give them credit. No, I'm going to give them credit because why? Because they played man coverage for once, and Justin Fields may not have seen it, and he's struggling. I mean, no, man. Like if you're the number two pick in the draft, you can't throw three interceptions in one game. Sorry, you just can't do it. That's just my opinion. Okay, though. we're off the Justin Fields train. No more Justin Fields. Get Trey Lance. Actually, I'm kind of leaning towards Trey Lance right now. Because, listen, I'm not going to listen to these draft experts anymore. People that say, oh, Justin Fields is the man. I'm going to listen to people I actually trust. The person that told me that James Robinson was going to be the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars for years to come, even when I said, I don't know about that, man, well, they were right. And when they said that Trey Lance is something special, you know what? I just might believe him as well. We're going to start a Monday off the Justin Fields train already. I mean, we got a guy that's going to change our organization, our city, and you're already off the train because he had a bad couple of throws. I mean, unbelievable. Okay, when you say a bad couple of throws, he had three interceptions. And did you, did you see those interceptions? Did. Did, did you watch that whole game? Yeah, I did. He wasn't the best quarterback on the field. Yeah, he didn't look like it. I well, thought he got rattled actually at times a, a little bit. Like after, it felt like after his first interception to mm-hmm. me, he became a little gun shy and a little uh, unsure of himself because I think these guys actually do get wrapped up in the numbers, mm-hmm. especially with the Heisman stuff. And if you look at his numbers, I, I don't listen. If you played baseball or any sport, you see, I don't know if football's like this, especially for a defensive guy. But at some point, 
you can sit there and ignore your numbers, but you kind of know your batting average. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, his numbers were he had thrown more touchdowns than incompletions. And so I think you get a little wrapped up in that, especially when he threw such a bad throw mm-hmm. in his first interception. I thought for the next series or two, I thought he was a little gun shy with the football. Like I was like, I don't want to have this kind of day. And he kind of doubted himself a bit. And I, I think that's what Justin Fields was was doing a bit uh, in that game. So, yeah, it wasn't, as good, it wasn't a good game for him. Um but I still don't think you dismiss everything because of one game. It's the worst game he's probably played in college, and, and he had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's going to happen. Uh, it doesn't change anything for me. I think he's still a very good player. And I think the 300 yards and the 78 yards rushing is what he's all – he's the perfect quarterback to play in this current NFL because I believe that. I believe you got to have a guy throw for 300 and, and capable of running for 50. And so I think he's still that guy um, coming off uh, a subpar performance even. He's got time. He's got time to get you back on the train. Um, Let's see it. Because, I mean, did Herbert ever have a three-interception game? Has Trevor Lawrence had a three-interception game? Oh, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Justin Herbert looked awful at times in college. You kind of wondered, what the hell are they talking about? I'm saying, have they ever had a three-interception game? I don't know. Has Trevor Lawrence had a three-interception game? Trevor Lawrence probably has not had a three-interception game. Okay. Okay. But hey, yeah, who knows, man? Had a bad game. But anyways, yeah. Speaking of bad games, Jaguars Steelers. We didn't get the the third best quarterback of all time. Why? Well, because he threw three interceptions against Indiana one time. So now we don't want to pick him. Okay, let's go get Kyle Trask. Not what I said at all, man. (laughs) Not what I said at all. I'm just saying what we're ready to write home that this guy is supposed to be special and everything. Well, he looked pretty pedestrian and he looked pretty human to me on Saturday. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Maybe he is the guy going forward. But we got to stop anointing this guy like he's the, like the second coming of Peyton Manning when for the fact is, like, listen, he wasn't the best quarterback on the field. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it's not that he's any of those guys, by the way. It's the fact that he is a potential game changer and there's a drop off between the rest of them. So I don't care. I, I mean, again, you're but, going to take a swing. Find the drop off, though. Like, I mean, like, when you say drop-off, you mean, like, because, like, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, what, they don't have the arm talent to match up? Like, what, what's the drop-off from a Justin Fields at number two to one of those guys maybe being the, the lower echelon? Well, I do think the physical traits, first of all, are a guy that got him to five-starville, to Georgia, to Ohio State, two of the best programs in the country. Okay. So the physical traits, obviously, are better than those guys, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, at least coming out and coming in, and therefore the experience at the playing at the higher level, yeah. and the and the numbers and the throws that he makes and the savvy that he has, I think are all right there, man. <laughs> you would put this on Twitter then, Justin Fields, Dan May train already off the train. Hey, is that what it sounds like, Coos? Hey, Coos, if I set him off the Justin Fields train, guess what? Then I'm gonna say I'm off the Justin Fields train. All I'm saying is to call him the number two overall pick, bona fide, legit right now. It's a little crazy to me. That's all I'm saying. Didn't say I'm off the Justin Fields train. If I would have said that, then I would have said it. Trevor Lawrence hasn't said, played though. in a month. He shouldn't be on the number one list, I guess. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence never thrown three interceptions in one game. <laughs> and you know what? And, and, and for my recollection, for the most part, now maybe the championship games are the different story. I can't remember his stats. But for the most part, I didn't watch a Trevor Lawrence game and go, you know what? Trevor Lawrence is definitely the second best quarterback on this field right now, hands down. I don't think I've ever done that before. By the way, I'm not so sure he is hands down the second best quarterback on that field because that quarterback had a couple of opportunities had to get junior? had a couple of opportunities. He played fantastic, yeah. but he also had several opportunities to get them early in the game and late in the game to a win. Yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, but they also they they cannot run the ball. Like it was literally 
Indiana, all they could do was pass. No, I'm not sure. I mean, he threw I, a huge pick six, by the way. Too. Sure. So he threw one. Yeah, pick. a huge pick six. Okay, he threw one pick. Sean Wade, shout and, out. And yeah, congratulations to him. And then uh, how many interceptions did Justin Fields throw? Three. Three. And still won the game over a top ten team. Okay. So the 300 yards, he didn't I make mean, any I mean, good Quij, plays. Quij, Brent, who was the better quarterback on the field? That's all I'm saying. No, the better stats because he threw one interception nope, no, versus no, three. Man, you're no, not listening. The better quarterback was who? still Fields. Yes. In the Indiana game, the better quarterback on the field yes. was Fields. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Did you watch the game completely? I did, and I watched the early okay. part where he overthrew the guys four times in the first three series. Okay. And Jr. Yeah, so okay. take the whole game, okay. not just the five touchdowns. No, I am, and I'm taking the whole game where Indiana couldn't run at all because Ohio State stacked the box and dared Penix to beat him. And guess what? Nine times out of ten, Penix beat him. Yeah. But okay. But I guess Justin Fields had the better day on the field at the quarterback better position. Better quarterback, Justin Fields, Michael Penix Jr., yes. No, no doubt. Justin Fields, Brent. Saturday afternoon, still, even with three picks. Yes. Oh, man. I'm saying who who did better on that field on Saturday. And you tell, you're asking who's had better stats. Penix Jr. had great stats. Okay. You're right. Okay. I still, you're telling me that Penix Jr. threw the ball beautifully the whole day. He didn't. Okay. I watched the game. Okay. He didn't. As did I, man. As did I. And and I'm just and I, I guess I'm just going off stats. But the the game that I watched, Indiana versus Ohio State, I think Penix Jr. did a lot better than Justin Fields. Now maybe I'm crazy and out of my right here, and maybe you're right. I'm not sure. Maybe we will have to go to the the, the or like the, the you know the Twitter poll to settle this score right now. But I'm just saying from what I saw, from what my eyes told me, Penix Jr. did a lot better than Justin Fields on Saturday. Yeah, I think what your eyes tell you is you looked at the stats. Stevens on the line. Who was better, Penix Jr. or Justin Fields Saturday? Uh, I. I believe Fields might have been a little better just to be able to overcome the mistakes he made. But out of, out of the choices there, I got to go Kyle Trask. Just the way he's been por- performing, to where they can they feel calm taking him out at the fourth quarter. But before I go, uh, I believe it is my duty and the leader of the syndicate right there, being wrestling enthusiasts that we are. Are we going to start off the show with a well. wrestling question? Uh, we'll, we'll get to The Undertaker later, but not 10 minutes into the show. Appreciate mm. it. <laughs> we'll get to The Undertaker mm. later, but not 10 minutes into the show. We can give it a farewell. Steven, thanks for the call, mm. man. Uh, I thought you were jumping in on the field's quarterback show. See, mm. at least we mm-hmm. get a distraction from Jags and mm. uh, their loss that you were so uh, down about. Oh, yeah, it was the worst, man. Like, that was that Jaguars loss was one of the worst that I can remember. Like, this is back – we have to go back to, like, the Blake Bortles era, I feel like. And even then, I think – I didn't walk away from that game. Like, did, you, did you watch? You probably, you probably didn't watch it. But uh, the, my three observations. Easiest thing I've ever done in my entire life. The easiest one I've ever done. Because I literally had nothing really positive. So I'm like, listen, I don't know. Here, uh, offense, three points. Defense did okay. And then the coaching decisions. Like, it was one of those games where I'm just like, man, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I yeah. can tell. Actually, you know what I watched? I watched your first five seconds. And oh, yeah. I was like, holy cow, whose funeral at we at? Mm-hmm. Did you just shoot a deer in the deer mm. stand? Because no, that, that was because cool No, I was watching the uh, good one, man. Uh, no, I was watching the, the Titans game. Uh, and right when that game like ended, because you know, I think it was A.J. Brown scored the touchdown. Or maybe it was Henry, whoever it was. I was doing my observations video. So like, I'm literally doing my observation video when the Titans just won in overtime against the Ravens. So I got you. It was, it was, it was, there was a lot going on. But, but yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. I just want to let you know, like whether I watch it or not, which I kind of try not to because I don't want to know how you're thinking coming in on a Monday. Oh, you're good. So, um, but I did share it everywhere on Facebook oh, and thanks, Twitter. Man. So you're welcome. Appreciate that. Um, I'm just helping out. Team oh play. yeah, yeah. Do what you got to do. I'm sweating, man. I'm it's, a, it's warm. 
warm in here, isn't it? Or something. No, it's warm and I'm sweating too. Holy I don't cow. know what's going on today. All right, listen, the Jags were awful. I mean, it was so bad. You know, I did post game show and yeah, the guy that we work with on the post game show is like, Man, you're down in the dumps today. I mean, no energy, no whatever. Like you get I, I will tell you this. I walked out I told Marcel this as I as I left the stadium. I said, This might have been the first time I've missed the fans the most. Hmm. And and this is why. Because the second half was a sleepy game, right? Uh, we'll get to Doug Marone, but how does Doug Marone stay with Jake Luton? I mean, it's just unbelievable they stayed with him. And and but it was a sleepy game. Like yeah. it was seventeen to three with some inspiring football being played and an interception at the end of the half to at least keep you. You knew what was going on, but it, you know, listen, the Jags still were fighting. You could tell. Yeah. Like when you can see that, that's good. And I'm not saying they laid down by the way in the second half. I, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying it was sleepy because you knew they couldn't do anything. It reminded me of the Gabbert days, right? Sure. I mean, that's what you guys would have been like on the sideline. It's yeah. Like, hey, we know we can't get over 150 yards. We're screwed. Yeah. Like we're just not going to win this game. I mean, you know it. I've seen it. We've done this before, and so I miss the I miss the fans for this reason, not because they would have been cheering. Um, and I know the Pittsburgh fans. Whatever, I'm so tired of that mm-hmm. story. Pittsburgh fans show up everywhere. Okay, whatever. I, I wouldn't go. Why would you go watch this Jags team right now? I, I mean, yeah. why if you're not a Pittsburgh fan? You got 17,000 seats, and I'm a Pittsburgh fan living in Jacksonville. Of course, I'm going to go watch my undefeated team play. Don't treat yourself. Why would you yeah. go watch the Jags play? I mean, come on. That's that's such a tired storyline. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but. I was thinking more like if there were 60,000 people and there were 55,000 people, whatever it might be, I almost wanted to feel the sleepy nature, frustration, what the heck did we just watch of the disappointment of the crowd? You yeah. know, we think about the crowd and we think about all the, the good stuff, right? The cheering and and they're loud and they're into it and all this, which they would have been in the first half. Yeah. But I also miss the the feel of the fans, disappointment in a sense around here like my gosh we had a what the heck was that in the second half like come Mm -hmm. on i want people yelling out of the stadium doug why didn't we see mike glennon Mm -hmm. you know Uh, i want that feel and i kind of missed them more yesterday because it was such a sleepy second half and then i went out there and and on the concourse and doing the post game show and it's like what do you want us to say about that yeah. Like, you know, I, I, I've, I've created this E column for a reason. Mm-hmm. When we come in the last couple of weeks, we're talking about close games, good efforts. They still lose. We can argue whether it's good they're winning or losing, but it was an entertaining football game. It, we can talk about a play here, a decision here that mattered. Nothing mattered in that game yesterday. No. I mean, no decision. There wasn't a play sure a Luton throw in the pick when he could have gone 10-10. They still would have lost 28-10. to mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they weren't doing much more than that drive, is my point. So, yeah, I mean, it deflates you. It defla- I almost needed to pick me up from the fans' own deflation coming out of that building yesterday to pick me up. That was bo- We're sitting here in November. We are sitting here in November, and it is you can't wait until the six Sundays are over. Yeah. And I love, you know, I finally get mad at myself uh, last night. I'm like so tired. Like, I'm now the negative guy. Like, I feel like I'm the negative. I'm rooting against the Jags half the time Mm because I think it's the quickest way to turn around the the franchise. Yeah, you are. I I don't really care about the outcome on Sundays at all. (laughs) Um, I I used to care. Like, I I want those guys to win inside that bill. I don't even care about that anymore. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I know you're working your butt off. I know you're still playing hard, but I don't care if you win. Because the better part is if you don't win, quite frankly. So that's where I am, and I'm mad at myself about it. I'm supposed to be the Sunshine and Rainbows leader, and I can't even think that way at all about the Jags. I'm like, that was boring, man. It was was boring. Yeah. 
And it was such a weird game because we talked about the whole week, like, yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, yada, yada, yada. But we also had a lot of respect for that offense, right? And um, at least in the first half, especially in the, in the first quarter, you know, like, they were struggling a little bit. And, like, I got this sense. I'm like, oh, wow. This is one of those Steelers games where Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a bad day and Jackson's going to be up up into it until, like, you know, maybe like to the fourth quarter. And then whatever happens, whatever, like, whatever happens, happens. Like, I was really wondering, like, is this going to be the day? Are the Jaguars going to win this game? Pittsburgh takes the first L, and then we'll see what happens from here. Like, I honestly, and maybe it's wrong to think, but, like, 10% of me, Brent, for that first half thought that. Yeah. All right? Because it had, it just, it had the feeling of one of those games. Well, obviously, that's not what happened. And the big part had to do with the Jaguars' offense. Now, anytime you put three points up in a game, you're not going to win. All right? Hands down, not going to win. And I've been very adamant in saying that I wanted to see what Jake Luton had to offer because I thought he kind of provided you the ultimate boomer bust type of player. And when you play against the Texans and the Packers, you know, and and they're pretty close games. Like, listen, I left those games thinking Luton's fine. Okay? Like, he's, he's not going to probably win you a lot of games. But he should keep you in it, right? He's got a big arm. He's still young. He's still learning. But you got James Robinson. You got a lot of receivers, a lot of weapons. They should be okay. All right, well, then you come into this game against, you know, a top-flight defense in the Steelers, and Luton was not fine, okay? Um, he was not confident. He made bad throw after bad throw. And I'm sitting there just wondering, like, you, I mean, if you're Doug Marone and winning is supposed to be the only thing right now, I mean, we have to hear you say after a press conference how much, it, you know, and, you know, and uh, expletive, expletive to lose or whatever that was. Like, if I have to sit here and, and hear that, well, then I can assume that winning is the only priority right now if you're Doug Marone. Then why not put in Mike Glennon? And you know what? Mike Glennon might have came out there and did worse for all I know. He, he very well could have done worse. Maybe thrown five picks, whatever. But at least you're trying something new. Because what you saw yesterday, it was not working on offense, okay? Uh, you couldn't pass, uh, you couldn't hand the ball off to James Robinson every single play because, well, you were down by 24 essentially towards the end of the game. So the fact that they didn't go to, you know, to Mike Glennon at least try something new, that's what drove me crazy. Yeah, listen, I have applauded the coaching staff despite they've had losses. I've applauded them the last couple of weeks. I think they've coached their butt off. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, they, they played as hard as they could. I just think it shows the nature of their team. They're not very good. I think the defensive coaching staff continues to do a nice job with all the injuries they have. I think they did an okay job yesterday. Uh, bottom line is they've set the standard. The standard is 30 points or less. Mm-hmm. And for six straight games, they, they scored more than 30. You know, the, you know, the P- Pittsburgh Steelers only had, like, I think, 360 yards of total offense yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's okay. That's respectable. Shut them out in the first quarter. Gave yourself a chance if, you, if your offense could have done anything. Had a turnover. Um, and, and they were put in a tough spot. I mean, there, there were sooner or later the floodgates are going to open yeah. with this defense and with that offense. But I, I don't really have a lot negative to say about the Jaguars' defense. Um, yeah, it's still not great. I mean, just the standard we're we're living by right now, which mm-hmm. might make up some of my misery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I we're gonna take a break. I actually thought for a little bit in that second half that Doug Marone had signed up for the tank. Yeah. Like, I didn't get it. I thought it was his worst coaching move of the season yesterday. It didn't make any sense. And I'll tell you more about why it doesn't make sense when we come back. Doug Marone might have done his team a disservice in the second half of yesterday's football game. Uh, more on that coming up. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. 
Mike Martino. How many push-ups did you do in three minutes? Did you try the challenge? Austin Lane. I don't, I don't need lactic acid buildup when I'm in fight camp. Brent, you kidding me? Take my word for it. I've been more than you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I talked to the players afterwards after the game, and um, you know, obviously, we're all disappointed. And and I told the players, I mean, you know, I'm a, this this team has 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 done everything they can. Like I said, I've had zero issues, none. Everyone comes to practice. Everyone works hard. Everyone supports each other. It's you know the records obviously bad. I, I get that. I wish I could do something for them, uh, but they're they're close. They're gonna play for each other and and, and the coaches and the, you know coaches are gonna coach and you know for lack of a better term you know we're all gonna you know make sure that we do our job. But I think there's there's something in there with these guys. You know they care. You can tell. I mean you don't you don't play like they're playing. You know if you don't care. Well, I know they're going to practice. Man, now I kind of do feel bad. You going to practice? It's, uh, wow. I tell you, man, they built this situation for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really did. And it, it, I, I, we have to continue to remind people that we have to continue to remind people that this was the brainchild of Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone. And, and you know, you can give me – listen, I love the team. I'm glad you still love the team. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I like the fact that these guys are busting their butts. But mm-hmm. I also bring up the question, are they accustomed to losing? Is mm-hmm. losing okay? Are, are you now trying to tank? Are you giving yourself the best chance to win? Uh, can we sign kickers that actually have kicked before? <laughs> why wasn't Chase McLaughlin on this team earlier? Yeah. You know, why why is Jake Luton still in the game yeah. in the second half? That is a feel. Uh, that is a real question. That is a that that bothered me that he was still in the game. I yeah. mean, do I have the right to be bothered that he was still in the game? Well, oh, I'm sorry, and no disrespect to Jake Luton, but what kind of stock has he earned? Where it's like, you know, what, let's just keep him in the game because he, he's earned that. Oh, I'm sorry. Has he played in two games? He's 0 two right now. So, like, what what about Jake Luton has said, you know what, let's let, let's go, this is his game, let him ride this game out, and then after this game, let's go ahead and reevaluate where we're at right now. He hasn't earned that kind of right, so I, I'm, I'm with you wholeheartedly. Now, I feel like a majority of the fan base doesn't really care, and you know what, and, and maybe we shouldn't care so much, Brent, either, right? Because at the end of the day, go get your draft pick, go go get your, you know, hopefully the second pick of the draft, see what the Jets do, like, maybe we shouldn't care so much. But all I know is that the guys in that locker room, they want to win football games, okay? There's not an NFL locker room, regardless of what your record is, where they don't want to win, okay? That's just, that's not how locker rooms are set up where it's like, oh, we're just going to, we're going to mail it in here because we like to, we like to hear like the local radio guys talk smack about us every single week. Like nobody signs up for that, okay? So yeah, if you're Doug Marone, I understand that you feel bad for those guys in the locker room because yeah, I'm sure they do want to win. But then are you putting them in the best possible position to win, number one? Or number two, are you showing good faith and saying, you know what, Jake Luton, man, thanks for what you did. You weren't helping us win this Steelers game. Mike Glennon, go out there and show us what you got. Like, if I'm in that locker room and I'm, and I'm walking after the game, and I'm walking in off of the field where a quarterback just threw four interceptions and we put up three points on offense, I'm fuming. I'm mad. Simple as that. Well, listen, the bottom line is what you just said, I I agree with. I was thinking, how do you bring this young man out? And, and by the way, this is this is nothing. This is going to sound bad for Luton. Listen, I'm not trying to say, he, hey, he stinks. He's awful. I think he did an admirable job against Houston. 
I think he did. He's trying his best here, but he's just three games into his career. He's not supposed to be playing football for the Jaguars right now. He's mm-hmm. just not. And he has he hadn't called a play in a huddle since August. Yeah. And he's out on the field playing the best defense in the NFL mm-hmm. three weeks into his career. He shouldn't be playing to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Gardner Minshew is on his on the health meter. Why did you bring Mike Glennon in? If you're not going to try to win and play, mm-hmm. I never understood the move to Luton to begin with. I know we disagreed a little bit on that, and that's yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. And, you know, in the big picture, I, I mean, I'm kind of glad they went that way to see what you have in the young man. But if you're trying to win coming out of the bye week, it makes no sense right. to go with a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing yesterday was you know that wasn't going. He was overmatched. You knew it in the first half. He was overmatched. And so you put him in a very difficult situation. I always say this in business and in our world and in sports, but I believe it in this show. The job of bosses, the job of the place you work, the job of anybody that's part of your team is to put you in a position to be successful. Yeah, That's what you ask. And then you have to go deliver. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's up to you to do your job and do it well, outwork people. And but they have to put you in a position to be successful. And Doug Marone and the Jags are not putting this young man in a position to be successful playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers, number one. But he, as, after what you saw in the first half, trotting him back out there against the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. and maybe bigger than even Luton himself, because the guy wants to go out there and play. He would say, yeah, put me out there. Put me out there. Absolutely. Yeah, I would, too. what you want. I saw those guys flying around in the first half, those guys on that sideline, the 53 or the 46 or whatever. To the point where I said, you know what? The Jags are playing with a swagger that looks like they're 8-1. and one. I remember tweeting it. Mm-hmm. I didn't say they look like they're 8-1. They're playing with the energy of a team. That's, By the way, that's good on Doug. That's good on those players to be able to, to play with that kind of energy when you've lost eight games in a row and you're 10-point dogs at home and you're down 17-3. to three. But doesn't Doug Marone owe it to those guys that have busted their tail in this miserable season? These young guys that are giving it everything they've got, that have ignored the outside noise and the record and everything else and do come to practice every day. Doesn't he owe them the opportunity to go win that football game or give you the best chance to win that game down 17 to three after Daniel Thomas gets an interception at the end of the half? Yeah. He owes those guys on that sideline a chance to win. They weren't going to win anyway, even with Mike Glennon, but the chance to win. He tried to looting out there. And I can't imagine there was a guy on that sideline that said, all right, we got our chance. Yeah. If you trot Glennon out there at that moment, they might say, all right, mix it up a little it's bit. A spark. Uh, do you it's give a, us something. some kind of spark. Give us a little bit of hope. It's, it's exactly what, what it is. That was a disservice to the rest of the football team. It was the worst coaching move of the season by Doug Marone. And there's probably others you can measure it up against. But it was the worst coaching move of the season by far, in my opinion, for Doug Marone. It was a no-brainer. There was no reason to put Jake Luton back out there. Look at Miami what happened. When they're playing at Denver, Tua Tungabayola got benched. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who's kind of maybe earned a little bit right to be the starting quarterback of the Dolphins? I mean, you draft him in the first round. He already beat out Fitzpatrick, and you still bench Tua because he was having some errant passes. Like that goes to show you right there. Like Flores thought, you know what? We don't have the best chance to win right now at Tua and I quarterback. And hey, go ahead, and, uh, you know, Fitzmagic. Go back in there and try to win us this ball game because we shouldn't be losing the Denver Broncos right now, hands down. No, no, you probably shouldn't have beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Probably not at all. But my point is, where's that spark? 
and, and you didn't get that team an opportunity to experience that spark, and you know what's going to happen in the second half when obviously your quarterback trotted back out there. So now what? I mean, they can't trot the kid back out there this week, right? I mean, you got to go with Gardner Minshew if he's healthy, or you got to go with um, you got to go Lennon. you got to go with Mike Lennon. I, I mean, is there? Do you think? Uh, listen, well, I'm going to ask you this. Based especially off that second half. This is the first mm-hmm. time I've really thought about it. I do believe Doug Marone's trying to win. I believe Doug Marone also knows his fate has already been sealed, most likely. He's a smart enough guy to know he knows how the NFL works. Uh, Doug Marone's not going to be here next year. Heck, even if they play well down the stretch, if they won two games, that's all it's going to be. It's going to be 3-13. and 13. It's yeah. not enough to save his job. Doug's not dumb. Do you believe there is now some conversation about, hey, we're sitting in a pretty good spot. Like, it was the first time that I really, like, I know we're talking about it. I understand the outside world is talking about the tank and, and the yeah. draft position. But do you think now that maybe Shad Khan, you know, Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell say, hey, listen, we're in a good hole. Like, it's, go get those guys playing like their hair's on fire. That's your job to do that. Give yourself the best chance to win. But if we're in a situation where we're losing, it's not the end. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, it crossed yeah. my mind. I don't know how those conversations would even be presented. But yesterday crossed my mind that maybe they have had these conversations because why would you have put them back out there? Listen, and I hope that's not the case, honestly. I hope that everything I know about the game of football and just like the circles and the coaching and all that, I hope that's not the case. It very well could be the case, which is kind of the sad thing, just because that would justify maybe keeping Luton out there. Um, at the end of the day, though, even if you were to bring Glennon in, like, there's no way they're going to win the game once again. But I at least thought that you owed it to the players that were out there busting their butt against, a, you know, maybe the best team uh, in the entire NFL to say, here, guys, let me at least give you a chance to have that spark. Now, I'm not sure if the call came down from overhead and said, no, 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 it's going to keep, keep, keep looting in there and see what happens in the second half. I'm not sure if that's what happened or not. But... If, if I'm Doug Marone right now, and I know dang well I'm probably on my way out, right, because the record says so, because expectations were not achieved, because I put my name on this team and we know how, how this team has turned out. Um, if I'm Doug Marone and I can see the writing on the wall, then I'm going to do things my way. And I don't think Doug Marone's cut from the cloth where it's like, all right, even though I'm on the way out, let's go ahead and uh, try to tank for as many games as possible because that way the next coaching staff can have a better quarterback. Like, I don't think he's built that way. I hope he's not built that way. So I don't buy that narrative at all. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it is either. I don't know how that would – do I believe that if I'm – listen, I, I listen, I believe the way I believe right now and most of the city believes that getting that first or second pick is a, is a valuable thing for this organization. Yeah. I would hope – I would hope the owner of this team also views that as like, okay, we see the situation we're in. You know, mm-hmm. we see, listen, we can go out, we're going to try to win, but we're not winning. And I see there's a positive if it doesn't happen. But I can't imagine having a conversation like that with the people that are in charge, that are fighting for their jobs and, and that are playing the game. But if I'm the owner, I'm actually, I mean, why wouldn't you be thinking longer term? How do we fix this? I I would hope he's thinking like, hey, if we go one and 15 or now we can go two and 14, given the fact that other teams won yesterday. This could 
help us turn around. We Yes, we don't want to think like that. Nobody likes to think like that, but it could help us turn around. You've got to be able to see the long view of that if you're shot con. I just can't imagine the conversations take place mm -hmm. in an organization like that. Do I think Doug Marone probably has said, well, if we end up with a second pick, you can get a franchise quarterback? Well, probably, but I don't think he's not working hard because of that. Do I think Dave Caldwell has said something similar or the front office has, has said or Mark Lamping has said, all right, well, we're in this situation. Two and 14 isn't going to sell us tickets, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Justin Fields might sell us tickets. Yeah. Well, sure. I, I think, listen, this is business, people. This is winning. How do you win? I believe I'm now on board with this stuff because I believe that's how you win and change it in Jacksonville. That's just the smarter approach right now. But every Sunday. There's no way those conversations take place. I just can't imagine they take place. But I'm telling you, man, it crossed my mind just because I could not believe Luton came back out in that game. I really couldn't. And and never was replaced. Yeah. Even if he came out for the first series, he never was replaced. I mean, he had one of the worst. Why would you do that to a, a – again, you put people in position to be successful. This kid had one of the worst quarterbacking performances of the last decade in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He was 16 of 37 for 151 yards. His quarterback rating was whatever. He threw four picks and no touchdowns. He was overmatched. It was uncomfortable. But, but you can just tell from his face. He shouldn't like have been just, in there. Yeah. Like, I, I get the, the stats and, yeah, obviously the interceptions. But listen, you, you can just tell right now, like, he just, he was not destined to be out there for that game. All right? Like, he's, whatever it was a mental thing, whatever it was what the Steelers were doing, but he was not prepared for that game. Anybody could have saw that. I just get them out there. Listen, I, I was... I feel this way about what Jack Del Rio did with Blaine Gabbert. Jack Del Rio panicked back in 2012 or 11? 11. 11. And uh, he saw McCown throw all those picks against the Jets, and he put a guy in that was not ready to play. And Correct. it did not help him. It hurt him a lot, to be honest. I don't know if Gabbert would have been any good anyway. I, I doubt it. But that certainly hurt him. Mm -hmm. So from a player perspective, I thought – that was a bad move by Jack. Jack was reaching at anything to save his job, really, yeah. and put that guy in. But, but, just he, the but you can kind of see where Jack W was coming from, though, right? Like, yeah, McCollum or whatever. I mean, he didn't have a good game against the, the Jets, right? The, the it was Jets, against yeah. the Jets, yeah. I mean, not to say there's pressure from the fan base, because you shouldn't really care what the fan base was saying, but where you drafted Blaine Gabbard, it was like, all right, well, this is what you drafted Blaine Gabbard yeah. for, you know? Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying because it was the bad move at the end. I mean, listen, hindsight's 20 It wasn't 20. ready at all. It wasn't ready at all. But at that moment in time, though, I can see where it's like, well, we drafted this guy this high. He's got to be the guy sometime. Let's put him in. Yeah, there. well, listen, I mean, he knew he was done at the end of the year, too. I mean, how much True. did Jack care about the future of mm -hmm. Blaine Gabbard forever? I have no idea. Yeah. And nowadays, you throw any guy in there. The biggest problem with the Blaine Gabbert situation is there was there was miscommunication all along. They didn't have a plan because they got rid of Garrard right after the luncheon. Correct. And then they go like nobody said, hey, I don't care what happens this year. We're not playing Gabbert until at least the back half of the year. Mm -hmm. Let him get comfortable. He's not ready. He's, he's young. He's only played this many games. Well, it was kind of just like the opposite. It was a little bit like that where they just kept. Jake Luton threw, th thrown to the wolves. Mm -hmm. But it was almost weird. Like, if I'm a coach like Doug Marone right now and I need to win games and I'm trying to dig out of this, I'm pulling some guy out of the stands to play quarterback <laughs> if I feel like he might give me a chance to win. Exactly. He had a guy on the sideline. He never put him in. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. You, you said that, you know, Jack didn't really care because he was kind of gone at the end of the season. Well, I don't know if he was on the wall. Care. That's, that's, well, a, yeah. that's well, too much, probably. Too dramatic. But, but yeah. here's my question, dude. Do you think that Doug Marone cares? Right now. I mean, in terms of the future of this team. 
Because he, he's got to know that the writing's on the wall for him as well, right? I don't know if Doug Marone cares about that. I would assume that he probably does. Um, I think he should care about the well-being and putting his players in the best positions to be successful. And he did a disservice not only to his sideline. Yeah. He did it to Jake Luton yesterday by keeping him in that game in the second half, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This wasn't about the big picture. What does he owe Jacksonville, the fans? No, he owes those 53 guys. Yeah. And I don't think he did. That's why it was a bad coaching move. It wasn't like they were going to win the game if they put Glenn in it. But he did a bad, it was a bad move by Doug Marone. Uh, and I think they'll make a coaching change. We'll talk more about uh, Cars coaching change. Uh, they'll probably do that, too. But I think they'll make a quarterback change this week. We'll talk more about that as the show goes along. We'll be back on ESPN 690. I'm going to be ready whether I get the ball or not. I mean, it doesn't really matter what, um, how many times I get the ball. I, I got to do my job and everyone has to do their job. So whatever play uh, gets called in the huddle, I have to do my job and we just have to execute on offense. Hmm. I was an NFL guy. Didn't sound like it. Tua? What, what, was that from like the... That was apparently Robinson from the audio you sent me. That was who? James Robinson. James Robinson. Oh wow. That was James Robinson. That's what this says. <laughs> huh. No, no, you're. I mean, you're probably right. Was, okay. we, haven't, we haven't played a lot of James Robinson's kind of quiet guy. For so sure, he's, he's not going to be like jumping out of your seat listening to a soundbite. Yeah. From James Robinson. Huh. Over a thousand yards from scrimmage now for James Robinson continues Good to room. be the greatest story of the 2020 season for the Jacks. Right. I mean, there's. It's, can you even find something remotely close? Come on, Brent Miles Jack. Nah, it doesn't feel it. You, you don't think it's a good story? Oh, I do think it's a good story. Oh, I just yeah. don't I think mean, it's remotely know. close oh, to James the story Robinson. of James Robinson. Uh, probably not, but I think, like, you know, if you... And I'm, I'm not sure, like, where the voting's going to fall in line here in terms of All-Pro, but Miles Jack could very well win an All-Pro nod at the linebacker position. That'd be pretty good, especially on a team that's won one game so far this year. Yeah, he's going to have to make a splash play or two in the next few weeks. Miles. Oh, yeah. Score some touchdowns, man. Put him at, put a running back if you have to. Well, I mean, my point being, like, yeah. nobody, none of the fans are voting for Miles Jack. No, but that, I'm saying the All-Pro, though. Yeah. Oh, you're saying fans all pro, don't, yeah. yeah, fans don't yeah. vote for All-Pro. Um, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you really got to dive in the numbers, right? Like, the best friend of Miles Jack right now mm-hmm. is Pro Football Focus. Sure. If you look at Pro Football Focus, when they come out with their linebackers, Miles Jack's usually in the top one, two, or three. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know how much they go off that stuff from all pro to, because it's still a little, listen, now it's still a little bit of popularity contest, and Miles Absolutely. Jack isn't winning the popularity contest. No, without a doubt. No, I hear you. He's, he's probably got to score some touchdowns and cause some big plays. I agree with you. Um, I'm trying to think who else could be a great there's so like Devon Hamilton's not there yet, mm. right? Mm. Uh, nobody on offense. I mean, I'll tell you what's a sleepy good story for the Jags in in terms of the overall picture, mm. and it's not gonna again. It doesn't even really compete with James Robinson in this vein. But one of the good stories I think is Cam Robinson, and yeah. I understand. Listen, they got they got beat up at times yesterday on their offensive line. I'm talking about the whole thing. Like, Andrew Norwell goes out of the game. You know what I thought about Andrew Norwell? Hmm. My goodness, the fans haven't really given Andrew Norwell a hard time this year. My goodness, my timeline hasn't been. You know why? Really because Andrew Norwell has played well. Yeah. Andrew Norwell's played well. Now they lose him. They're going to lose him for this week's game. But I think Andrew Norwell's played good football this year because he stayed off my timeline. Hmm. And that's the sign of a good 
uh, your offensive lineman played well. Yep. Listen, I, I saw some stuff yesterday. I think people are thinking a little bit that Jawan Taylor has taken a bit of a step back. He's up against some studs, man. It's a tough gig. He's up, the NFL. He's, I know, you know. I know. Every team is going to have some studs. And maybe that makes you not. I will say this until late in, later in that game when TJ Watt, you know, really hit yeah. Luton. He kept them off him. Yeah. I know he still looks. It doesn't look good a lot. And there's some holding penalties. Yeah. But he did. Listen, the Steelers, their offensive line was not great. But I can't sit here and say their offensive line was a major problem. The Steelers didn't have a sack. They lead, I think, the league in sacks. They've had a sack in 66 games. They didn't have one until like late third quarter yeah. against a rookie quarterback. I saw a clean pocket at times. I saw a guy throwing the football high and sailing it. I saw a guy when he did throw a good pass. Chris Conley dropped it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I. This offensive line, you know, I just criticized Doug for the last 20 minutes. They didn't lie about the offensive line. No, they were right. The offensive line isn't bad. Yeah, they, no, they're right about that. Was there anything better, too, by the way, than watching Tyson Alualu bat a ball in there in the end zone and cause an interception? But, of course, Tyson Alualu yeah. did that. You know? I mean, it's almost talk like, about uh, justice. Like, this has been the ultimate. It's, it's like the year of karma, it seems like, for Jags, former Jags players. You gotta yeah. wait a while sometimes, and I don't know. Like Tyson Alualu doesn't have, like, doesn't seem like he has like a but, vindictive listen, bone in his body. No, for but, sure. And, by and the way, even he when had he a left, nice career, he had a, he, he, they re-signed him once. Yeah, but even when he left, I don't think Jaguars fans were like, oh, look what Tyson. You know, I'm like no one ever grilled him for going to a different team no, and like hoping oh, he was no. going to do bad. Like no. he wasn't one of those guys. No, but know? and nobody really thought they were losing a whole heck of a lot. True. I just think he's one of those steady guys, and, and so that's why I said like I bring up Cam Robinson in that same light. Like, Cam yeah. Robinson's a guy that might play in the league at the left tackle spot for 15 years. And yeah. the Jags have him now. And they get to maybe keep him on a moderate deal. And you have I'm to okay. resign him, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what the spot. Yeah. But yeah. that is a huge thing. Like, that is, for the next group of people coming in here, that would be huge, man. If you don't have to look for – you don't have to fill a hole, tackle. a left yeah. tackle. And, again, I'm not saying there aren't better left tackles. But I, it's good that you could fill that hole with a guy that's pretty decent. Yeah. And still coming off injuries. I mean – and maybe just finding his way. He's going to be better in year five, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dabo Swinney against FSU. My goodness, it's next on ESPN 690.